And two cats with opinions. One an asshole. One also kind of an asshole. Yeah, but he's more childlike and full of wonderment. And he's fucking with the microphone cables. He's just rubbing on things. I'm gonna skin him. <laughs> None of these things are gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna skin... Isn't that a phrase? Skin the cat? Yes, of course it What's is. What's it mean? It means you're gonna remove the skin off of a cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 All right, well, so when people are looking at me like, yeah, I skinned the cat, I gotta be like, you're a psycho. You are going to sit down with a knife, or stand and bend over, whichever is your preference, but you are going to uh, take the skin off a cat. Now, I have a question. Okay, I have a story, too, but go with Do you think question. that that would be very easy to do, since, like, when you touch a cat with, like, their fur and stuff, it all feels like it moves around really well? Like, do you think it'd be easy to skin a cat? Don't you just cut the whole fucking skin, like... Yeah, I think it would be. Like, it seems like it would... If you're versed in skinning things. Like, it seems like it wouldn't be attached in as many places. Like, it's, it seems more fluid than human skin. I could be wrong. I guess it's the exact same as human skin. It's just, you gotta make sure and cut the actual skin part and rip. It's like when they make a fur coat. This is a delightful conversation i know while i'm looking at a beautiful cat full of wonderment <laughs> just walking around the house looking up at everything like wow this world is amazing and to further the delightful conversation i don't know if i told this story already but my drug counselor Ugh. once told me about he's like oh you don't do your own veterinary services and i was like no and he's like oh you can buy your own medicine from blah 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 in fact, one time I overdosed my cat on something and it had a seizure. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I immediately remember thinking like, is this the guy I should be seeing who's like thinks it's funny to make a cat go into a seizure? Welcome to fucking uh, small town <laughs> southern Indiana. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That is outrageous. Yep. It, it, usually people it's like yeah i <laughs> i like to administer drugs to my cat that is usually yeah like a psycho yeah Not this just, guy's a fucking penny pincher too he's all about money but they allow that yeah you can i actually saw it last time we were at what's that place called tractor supply sure yeah i walked in there and they had a whole like case a refrigerated case of medicines you can buy for animals and it was like Flea medicine, like blah uh, medicine, and medicine, cinnamon medicine. <laughs> yep, cinnamon medicine. Wow, cinnamon medicine for cats. <laughs> it makes your cat smell like cinnamon from the inside. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always putting my nose inside of a cat. Always, I'm always fucking a cat with my nose. Oh my god! <laughs> so welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I am Michelle. Well, I'm Sam. And. Uh, we are a review podcast. We like to share our differences with each other and uh, talk about it. Hello. Hi. So we started the podcast in a very weird place, <laughs> but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like with the amount of songs that we have to get through and the oh, amount of yeah. time that we have yep. to get through, yep. we should probably not spend too much time on the front end with banter because that's fine with me. It's going to end up being a very long episode. If we don't, so uh, it's a my week. If you don't know what she said, it's it's a my week. It's a my week. <laughs> I think they understood. It's my week. And uh, well, what are you doing over there? Excuse me. Excuse me. What did you say? 
Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, you want to share that story of Southern I, small town Southern Indiana? I saw the biggest example of white guy mad that the Chinese the lady at the Chinese restaurant can't speak English very well. And it's not even that she can't speak English; she just still has a really thick Chinese accent. <laughs> yeah. She is speaking English fine. Fine, yeah. She said something, and the guy goes, "What?" <laughs> you could just like even, so demeaning. even though he was wearing the face mask, I could see the look of disgust on his face, and then I went the fire burning in his eyes. <laughs> yep, and then I said, "She said, what color car are you in? She'll bring it out to you.'" And then he went, "Oh, I'll just wait outside," and then stormed out. This fucking guy knew it, and I didn't. It was funny. Fucking liberal. He probably knew you were liberal just because you were willing to listen to what she was actually saying. I'm not a liberal. I'm a Sam. I know. I'm kidding. I'm just saying. I don't want people your out perspective there. in small town southern Indiana. I I've always said this in my political opinion. I don't know if he legalizes weed, he can eat a baby live on TV, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> they can do anything, but if they give me legal weed, best president of all time. How do you want them to eat the baby? Do you want them to just like eat the baby alive, like while it's in its arms, or do you want it to like fillet it while it's alive? Uh, al- alive. Do you want to just put it on like the fire alive? No, I want it alive on a platter, and then he gets out like a knife and fork and starts carving like a steak it while it's just alive. Cuts off little sections, and the baby's like, ah! Ah! he's like, God damn, this baby's delicious, and this weed is fucking really good. <laughs> so. <laughs> But you want to get into this album? I do want to get into this album. It's my week. And, uh, it's my week. <laughs> and I chose Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex, Magic. And one thing that I think is interesting with us having such a strong, like a really strong beginning of all of this, like... <laughs> Torture. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. So um, this album was... Rick Rubin, I guess. This was the first album that he had recorded at his mansion. Uh, The the guys were reluctant to work with him. And what I think is really interesting, their reluctance, reluctancy was in the fact that Anthony Kiedis said he's into all of these negative bands like Slayer and Danzig. (laughs) The Red Hot Chili Peppers have always been totally into positive energy. It'll never work. By the way, we're. It's, I don't think you said the album. Yeah, I did. Blood Sugar oh, Six did? Magic. Okay, I missed it. My mistake. My mistake. Don't text. Don't message me about being an idiot and fucking up the microphone. But it says that they ended up working with him on the next five albums. So wait. Obviously, it, it proved them wrong that they were reluctant to work with him. So Rick Rubin produced this album? Mm-hmm. I thought George Clinton did. George Clinton worked with them on it as well. Oh, so he was just there inspiring the funk yes okay because i remember watching uh, behind the music of red hot chili peppers and it had footage of them jamming in one room and they had like that cool partition deal in studios where like it's glass sections but Mm -hmm. it's in a circle so they can all see each other but they're in their own sections so they can record the tones easier without a bunch of microphone bleed yeah and they're all jamming and i remember george clinton being in like the cube with Anthony Kiedis and he's all being George Clinton and getting in the microphone and like, (laughs) when he still had the crazy dreads with all the different colors. Oh yeah. Not the George Clinton of now. 
You know what's weird though is that as I am scrolling through yes. the Wikipedia page of this album, I do not see George Clinton mentioned. Really? One time. So we're wrong. <laughs> see, that doesn't even seem right though. Interesting. Just look up Red Hot Chili Peppers and George Clinton. Yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do because I always thought it was this album as well. Not Ted Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ted Hot Chili Peppers. Nice to meet you. It's Ted Bundy Hot Chili Peppers. Mmm, Ted Bundy's Hot Chili Peppers. So, <laughs> this episode, it just keeps going dark. We cannot keep it away from that. What's dark about Ted Bundy? He, he saved more lives than he took. So this was not the album that they worked on with him. Really? Wow. Suddenly, I don't like this album as much. <laughs> the one that was produced by George Clinton was Freaky Styly. That one came out in 1985. Oh. That was uh, their second album. I swore I heard, heard George Clinton at the end of this album. I wonder if he's just trying to channel George Clinton. Oh, he does. He definitely does, because there's a lot of like, yow. <laughs> I mean, and he'll like go in that deep voice yeah, as well. So yeah, I guess it's not because I didn't see anything Fuck. about it here, but I always thought that. Rick Rubin produced a lot of albums that I like. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really did. Like, uh, you like know, Slayer. Like and negative bands like <laughs> Slayer and yeah. So let's get into Blood Sugar Sex Magic. This was released in 1991. Here's track one, The Power of Equality. <laughs> Let me diverge from all of this negativity. <laughs> it took me four <laughs> listens to realize he was going, hey, better, better, hey, better, better, hey. <laughs> That's why I called you Baseball Sam before we started this. Anthony Kiedis' lyrics are so bad for the most part. <laughs> His lyrics are usually terrible, and... And I, I never really cared about it so much because I do think that his sound is really important to their sound. Yeah, of course. But he's he's definitely, like, when you break it down, he's the worst part of the group. I, I agree. But he fits for... The way he talked, bit I think that sounds better than when he sings because his Absolutely. actual singing voice is, is even worse. And I like... I like... I like this singing voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I guess I mean like, when he's like singing on the yeah. slow ballad song. Especially in that video we watched recently where he was starting to do uh, oh what the fuck is that song called? Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, yeah. And he came out and he was like, I was like, whoa, boy. Whoa, yeah. yeah. He's not good with hitting notes live, but I have seen them live and I enjoyed it very much. It was the Stadium just Arcadium once? tour. Mm-hmm probably a good show they're probably very energetic it was was it john frushanti that you saw i had don't I, I i mean it was the stadium arcadium album i feel like he had come back because he's been in and out all the time yeah one thing that i saw he's that I, twice right he's gone I currently think so no he's coming back for the new album again because mm -hmm. my cousin chris me working at classic pizza he listens to this i guess he's really excited that frushanti is on the new album hmm and that guitar tech that took over is like, fuck. Well, and this album itself is much funkier. I think it it definitely is way bass heavier and drum heavy. And uh, what I read... Oh, yeah, here's the funk right here. That bass section. And the drum's coming back. 
Chad Smith sounds like he he looks like he plays hard. Yeah, he, he just does. Like he looks like it. Yeah. On his shit. My favorite drummers fucking beat the shit out of it. I got my public enemies. I got tapes. I got CDs. Sorry, I, I didn't want to yell over you, but uh, I read on RollingStone.com that said that all of John Frusciante's guitar solos are first or second takes on this album. Huh. Wonder if they were improvised or he was practiced and ready. Uh, this isn't the first album with John Frusciante, I don't think, right? Wasn't he on the one before? I, they I had that Hillel guy originally. Who I, I don't know as much about that because I don't know who stands in when he decides to leave for a few years at a time. I know the last one, I'm pretty sure, was their guitar tech that just knew all the songs already anyway, and they're like, yeah, get in here. But I guess it also means when I read a little bit more thoroughly this, it just says that he would only play it once or twice, and if it didn't gel, then he would just play it differently. Uh, so that's what it means. He would just good not stick to it if it didn't flow. He just good. changed it. That's a good mentality. If it's not, if it doesn't sound right. And I know me as a guitar player, you can be like, well, this thing I made up is so cool. I have to make it work. Or, but if it's not working, it takes, I think, a good, a healthy mind to be like, look, it's just not working. No matter how much I liked it or how much, how technically cool it was, it's not right. And fucking scrap it. I think that shows that he really trusts his band members as well. Yeah. Because he's also leaving it up to them. Like, does it work? Okay, I trust you. Let's try something else. Do you think they all look at Flea the most? Like, hey, Flea, is that going to work? I don't know. I think so. That's who I would look to. <laughs> I mean, he just seems like he looks like the grandpa of the group. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like the actual ages of them. Um, and as we've said, Anthony Kiedis, we have Flea, we have Chad Smith, and we have John Frusciante yeah. when he wants to be there. <laughs> Do you remember seeing that footage of John Frusciante when he left the first time and he was all fucked up on heroin in Sweden, I think? And he was like super thin. I don't know if I remember this. Oh, it's fucking horrible. I'm sure I've watched it, but I don't remember it. Some TV program. I think it was Sweden. They did a special on John Frusciante, and he's like rail thin. And I think that's when the band saw it. They hadn't seen him in a long time, and they were like, fuck. He's going the same route that that Hillel guy did, because their first guitar player died from a heroin overdose. So they didn't want their fucking next guitar player. Even though he was gone, he was still a friend, because I think he's left on good terms every time. He's probably such an artistic guy that he's like, look, man, it's just not in my life's path right now. And they got to be like, and they're all probably sort of hippies, too. So mm-hmm. well, they're like, all California dudes. Hey, they're laid back bruh. California dudes. Hey, bruh. I mean, you don't ever hear about it in any other songs or anything. <laughs> he's never mentioned California once. <laughs> nope. There's he doesn't have a character named Danny California. There's a character named Danny mm-hmm. California. Is that the guy that they stole the name? He's, uh, I don't know the answer to this anyway. What's the X-Files guy's name? Uh, Duchovny. David Duchovny? David Duchovny. He was in that one uh, show called Californication, and I think his name was Danny California. Ugh. I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but... He I was know also in a movie called California, which is way cooler than what I assume that uh, show Californication was, because yeah. he was like a sex addict or something. Yeah, I think he was a gigolo, too. But I think he was a sex addict in life, because I think yeah, there was, was a story that he like 
He ruined his marriage by being a I can't piece stop of shit. Fucking. I just can't get away from the pussy. <laughs> Did, is he fucking Nicholas Cage all of a sudden? I have the no idea. The out there. That was an X-Files <laughs> reference. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, go on to the second song, which actually uh, would have faded into nicely from track one to two. Um, but this is the fifth single. Five singles off of this album. Five singles total, huh? Yes. If you have to ask... John Frusciante guitar style. I wanna be gangster, thinking he's a wise guy, robbing another bank, he's a soccer man, the eye guy. Yeah, this is an example of when I fucking hate Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> For me, it's when he talks about people sucking his dick, which I think does happen in this song. And if it it happens directly and indirectly, he'll be like, my poison dart. I said macking on a cat's ass, though. See? Fucking a cat's ass with a nose. <laughs> Poor cats. This has been a very negative cat episode. I do like that, though. You'll never know. <laughs> That's probably Flea, right? Will you turn my headphones up, please? Thank you. It's probably sounds like Flea to me. It's probably a few of them. I mean, it's not like Anthony can't go back and... No, and John, Fr- John Frusciante can do high voices really well, too. But I just hear, like, a Fleaness in there. Because he has a, a specific sounding voice. He's got a specific everything. That's true. Because when I think of him, I see him in the the son-in-law where he's a tattoo artist yeah. and he has a teardrop by his eye <laughs> and she's like does it hurt and he's like it's better than a kick in the face with a golf shoe and i've never forgotten that my acting uh i always think of him acting in uh the big lebowski oh yeah nihilist yeah doesn't he get the he's the guy that gets the bowling ball thrown in his gut and he's like and he's just bent over like <laughs> Almost about to wrench his guts out. Which is interesting because in Anthony Kiedis acts in Point Break and he gets uh, his foot shot. You should watch that movie. He's a small character, but... Is that the... the Patrick Swayze and uh, Keanu. The, the President Masks yeah, movie? Yeah, they rob banks. They're nihilists to rob banks. No! It's funky. This whole album's pretty fucking funky. It's extremely funky, and that's why I like it so much. I mean, they've always been about positive energy. (laughs) (sighs) Unlike other bands, I'm glad they worked with Rick Rubin, because Rick Rubin has a really big sound. Like, I I enjoy, like, you did the Black Album for Jay-Z, and it just has this really, like, in-your-face, like, loud, clear sound. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I like everything that he does, but... I think Rick Rubin is able... I think he's talented as a producer. He knows what you need to hear. And he did so much with the Beastie Boys. He was, like, behind the Beastie Boys. He was behind a shit ton of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Including Slayer and Danzig. (laughs) The Beastie Boys aren't negative. No. No. And that's the closed-mindedness thinking there that... Just because this guy worked with Slayer and Danzig doesn't mean he can't make you sound fucking great. And it doesn't mean he has to make you sound like 
like that. Like, you, it's not going to change you into yeah. a metal band all right? of a sudden. So it's very weird. And in fact, I trust him more because he knows what is negative sounding. So and he's he, going to know what positive is to the max. And he's been in the business for decades. And he's had a beautiful beard for decades. Well, he's He's just let it turn white. He's never done anything but let that beautiful beast grow let that beautiful beast grow <laughs> i think he's got like some compound that's got a few studios on it and like if you want a certain feeling he's like yeah we'll go into this studio it's built inside of a bus oh so you like it it's different vibes for different artists yep that is smart yeah that is really smart he's, he devoted his entire life to music I mean, and musical recording and producing so i mean if that's what you do then that's so smart. I don't know why I never even thought about that being a thing. It's a total thing, bro. I mean, because like a recording studio might have like different, like a building could have different things. Because I you've hear, heard stories of someone was recording something in the building and they ran into each other and then they like collaborated like a billion dollar babies yeah. with Donovan and Alice Cooper. Yeah. So that is an interesting concept i wonder if that was something that they have worked with in those aspects or if it's just like plain jane every room's the same sort of thing uh if it's a big studio warehouse they do that on purpose they'll this room's decorated more to make you feel mellow Mm -hmm. this room's decorated more plainly to make you feel like you're just in or popping bright it's like they build it to change your mindset mm -hmm. and then or further with even sounds they'll be like okay that room is fucking amazing for drums it's shit for guitars but this room is amazing for drums and it can be even different drum rooms or if you want a big fucking open sound like there's studios that have huge open rooms that don't put a lot of stuff in it because they want that big echo yeah or you can go into a studio that's a tiny room because they want it to sound tight so and direct and in your face yep interesting yeah it is interesting i like the idea behind that i did go to school for one semester for it <laughs> how long is one semester that is like half of the school year so a few months i don't remember how many months school is in. <laughs> uh i i was nine months i was total? there for about five months so you you took longer courses in it than i did I just went for five weeks. Yeah, but yours was more hands-on. Mine was much more like... Math. Physics. Yeah. Mass physics. And I just felt like this is not fun. I don't think I would have had near as much fun if that's how it was. Mm -hmm. You were in the studio day fucking one at my place. The recording workshop in Chillicothe, Ohio. They looked at you and they said that. Look, we're not going to teach you all this word mumbo-jumbo we're going to get you touching a console, touching microphones, learning how to wrap cables. Let's do this. Yeah, I went to Indiana University and uh, I was only able to do a semester because, you know, financial reasons. But I at least got my foot barely in the door. Mm-hmm. I did what I could on my own. But I've when won- it came time to, hey, you need to pay this balance off before you can re-enroll. It was like, oh, I'm out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I want to go back to the recording workshop just to get a refresher. And I think they've added more courses. So if you'd like to go too. We can go together. That would be fun. I think I could definitely benefit from it, it stuff like that. It takes at least five weeks of your life and you can't do anything else, but... The recording and, like, the things that I think that I would be interested in are more production-type things because I do enjoy, like, 
photography and photo editing and I have made my own shitty videos on my phone and stuff for this fucking YouTube channel. So, you know, I, I, I find it interesting. I just don't feel like I have enough tools. Oh yeah. When I was there, it was, it was a fucking dream. Like there's five different studios. You're going to be in a different one every week. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost every day. Uh, by week three, you're actually recording bands. They come in and they'll get the bands get free demos. They get free recording time because you know it's like when a a good person who's trying to learn to cut hair, they'll cut your hair for free, but because mm-hmm. you're a, a guinea pig, it was you need that like an internship. It was great. It's important to have the hands-on learning. I think that that's so much more important. I I I regret uh, the way that I viewed vocational school when I was a kid because I feel like we we look down on it for some reason for some reason society is like no you need to go to college and get an education and what's wrong with learning a skilled trade where you can be a mechanic and make tons of fucking money just because you started being more hands-on when you were younger I didn't even know about vocational school was an option until like junior year and then I was like where are all these farmers going half the day? Mm-hmm. So I was like, vocational school. I was like, what the fuck is vocational school? Like farmers would go and then girls who like wanted to cut hair, like beautician type girls. Yeah. So to me, I didn't really even know what the options were. Right. It, 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 I just kind of looked down on it because I felt that that's what people did. Because it's like, if you can't really, you're just going to go straight into the workforce. Like, but <laughs> you they, dumbass. <laughs> but that's the, that's the mentality. Like, that's the total <laughs> fucking that's, that's attitude behind doing it. Anyway. <laughs> yes, that's the attitude behind it. Like, I feel like they should push that as being much more important. If we have that resource locally, as we do, they should push that so much harder. But they really want people to stay in school and to pay. And pay, pay, and pay, and pay, and 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 I'm sure that that's not part of it. It's it's about you know knowledge is power, and I get that. But at the same time, a lot of people still go and do hands-on stuff in the workforce. And And the vocational school is knowledge still. It's just not book knowledge. It's do it. So knowledge. It's it's so (laughs) much knowledge that yeah, I do have some regret that I maybe didn't at least didn't have the right mindset. Even if there were was necessarily nothing that would have worked for me. Yeah. I feel like I, I just feel like there's a stigma that there shouldn't be and that they should be more positive about that. And it's because the kids that went there were fucking people who weren't great in school or, or I hate it in general. Like you're a fucking white trash hillbilly who says the N word freely. Everything you represent, I hate. But then I associated that with just because you work on a car doesn't mean you're also a racist white trash piece of shit it seems that there are a lot of them that i work with but (laughs) it's because of the area that we live that's all that it is because we're in the same fucking area that we grew up in nothing has changed in that sense and that's why that needs to change in that sense we get plum fuckered up yep (laughs) you want to shotgun bush lights at the side of the can (laughs) all right let's listen to the next song at this point i want a shotgun bush lights on the side of a can Ooh, summertime it's on its way this is a single number four breaking the girl and this is when we do get more into the uh ballad but this is a more well-known song for them i i enjoy this song i don't know if anthony kiedis's voice doesn't bother me in this yeah, this is not the lowest of the low for me. No, I, it's nowhere near the lowest of the low for me. There's other funky songs on this album for me that I think are way are worse weaker. than this song. Yeah, I think this is a strong song. It's written well. The guitar line is interesting. Uh, 
Sounds good to me. I like this song. I think that Anthony Kiedis isn't trying to overshoot his voice. Because yeah. sometimes I think, like, on that Don't Fear the Rape Reaper thing... It wasn't his range. I think he has a very limited range. It's so like Jim it, Morrison. So if it's stay. not in his range, yeah. I think Jim may have been able to slur it out a little better, though. Anthony Kiedis, when it comes to, like, anything in a higher-than-monotone register, he just can't seem to do. Which is fine, and it's... It, if you learn how to stay within your bounds and excel in those bounds, you can make a great product. So yeah, I think that he stays in his in his range for this song. I do too. And you still I have that like that. angsty go like sound. Yeah, he doesn't lose that oh no little attitude. And there's some major flute action in this. That there is. Jethro tolls the hell oh out of no. me, and I love it. Did you read about Ian Anderson? No. What are you about to tell me that's going to break my soul? He has, like, his time is limited. He recently wrote something. He what? he has, like, some, like, lung cancer or something. What? Yeah. He's like, my days are numbered. Oh, no. Yeah. Ian Anderson Fuck. is not doing well. I should have well. seen Jethro Tull when I had the chance. Yeah. He's gone now. Fuck. Sorry. I'm, we're not doing this podcast anymore. I have <laughs> I'm to go. Sorry. I have to go weep. <laughs> He's still alive. We've already done Aqualung, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We did Thick as a Brick. I've done two Jethro Tull songs. Oh, maybe we did just do Aqualung. We just did Aqualung. I wouldn't do Thick as a Brick because it's Weird. one song. <laughs> and I thought it was more like a, uh, what is it called? Like a themed album. A, uh, what it are they called? A concept album? Concept. It is, but it's a concept song. But there's a shorter version that you hear on the radio, but... Is it just, like, really theatrical, I assume? I've never listened to the whole version, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the kitties! They're in the window bathing each other. Paul is very invasive of Oliver's space. All of the time, he'll jump up on the cat tower with him and just, like, back into him. <laughs> yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this song, actually. Like, as I was listening to it by, like, the third time, I would get, like, the song would make me I like, like this part a lot. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, yeah. It's This part's very... It almost sounds, like, warehouse-y. Right there. It's got like these Like a really extra boxy noises. sound. Yeah, yeah. It has that like more of a hall sound. It has yep. that bigger room sound. They went to Studio B on Rick Rubin's <laughs> compound. I, do, I, like I don't know if you had it by then. Interesting sounds. No, it said that this was the first album recorded in his mansion. So yeah, he had the compound. Before all of these other <laughs> years of albums. Because this, this came out in 91. So it... It's early. I just remembered expanding on the whole different studios, giving you different feelings and potentially creating different music and sounds. Slipknot, one of their albums, they went to Houdini's old mansion and recorded in there because it was reportedly very haunted and very creepy. So they wanted that feeling. And yeah. so far, in fact, I think this was the album they did it on in that same mansion. When uh, the two extra percussion players, Sean Crown and Chris Fenn, they like only lit the studio with candles inside and put like 
like I, I think pig heads like on sticks and stuff so that they just like surrounded themselves with like evil so they could produce evil well i also <laughs> read that flea was very reluctant because he thought the mansion was haunted or it's said that his mansion is haunted i read something that they uh this might have been the rick rubin thing that the producer which i guess is rick rubin like uh correct pushed him to play with heavier guitar sounds not necessarily write heavy riffs but like more distorted riffs and poppier radio friendly lyrics and they like had a they were combative about that to go harder with the music but softer with the lyrics i guess which i guess even though i don't know that he really did and i feel like this is still very anthony keaton's yeah but this would have been the time where like alternative music is bigger right grunge is around uh this would have been early grunge because this is 91 so so he can feel the heavy the change the, the distortion coming, coming. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah which good for rick rubin rick like Ru- hey man he was fucking on it he was ahead of his time this. always has been i've never worked with a producer and i want to feel that i would listen to a producer but at the same time <laughs> i can see myself being like look dude that's not what we're about. <laughs> See, the weird, what we're about thing, like, I, I think I get it because you want to stay true to your sound, but you're also fucking extremely ignorant and what it takes. And if, if you're working with Rick, if you're choosing to work with a producer, you listen to them. Like, why else would you choose to work with a producer? Yeah. And like, you're working with them for their knowledge yeah. and for their input. And what is your goal here? Is your goal to stay in the underground, stay at your same level, or is your goal to break through and get even more fans? I mean, that's why you get a producer. They're the ones putting the money down because they're the ones who are like, all right, let's do this. So you have to have some of their input unless they're willing to just not have any input, but he's smart. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, And sometimes I'm through other bands I've done research on, arguing with the producer can lead to great things. Like Metallica, uh, the Black Album, they fucking got into it with Bob Rock all the time, and a lot of people hate Bob Rock, but he produced an album that took Metallica to the next level, a level that a lot of Metallica fans wish they would have never gone to, but... Bob Rock! <laughs> That's all I can think the whole time. Sorry. Let's go so on to the next stupid. Song. All right, Funky Monks. Bob Rock. <laughs> I like this little slap on the guitar. Actually, I do too a lot. I love how bass heavy this album is, and <sighs> Chad Smith. Like, oh, yeah. Chad and Flea are so powerful on this album to me. Like, they're the two most important band members, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. on this album. Um, I've always had a super respect for Flea. One, I've just always loved watching him play. He's, just he's always so seemed, dedicated. So dedicated, fun. and always seemed like he'd be the funnest member of the band. But I never really had much of a respect for Chad. I never hated Chad Smith, but I just never was like, oh, Chad Smith. After listening to this album, I'm like, Chad Smith is fucking awesome at drums. He's talented. He may be kind of a dick. I mean, you do kind of get that feeling that he might be a little, yeah, like, yeah. pretentious. But he's but not... I think people think that about me, too, so... I mean, 
and maybe he's just sure about himself and sure of what yeah. he does and he's just like this is what I do this is who I am and I mean you gotta respect that like I can't say anything bad about it I respect the beats on this there's like hi-hat stuff that he does where he adds like in really odd places and I would find myself in the paint booth like where is he putting that fucking hi hat and I'd be sitting there air drumming like oh man that's so strange but it makes the beat so I have a whole new respect for Chad Smith that I did not have before like that riff, that, yeah, that whole so section. So groovy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so good. But yeah. He puts, I mean, he and Flea, like, are the funk in this. Absolutely, absolutely. Because Anthony could do this to any music, as as they've shown throughout the years. So yeah, I think Flea, I mean, Frushanti's good on this. But, oh yeah, they're, but they're he all good. But he doesn't bring the funk like the other two do, as far as I'm concerned. They are the funky monks. Well, <laughs> traditionally though, in funk, the guitar is not the driving force of funk. No. So but, for yeah. a funk guitar player, he's fucking killing it because it's that same tone. It's a little bit more in the forefront than like traditional funk music would have it be. So that's why it's sticking out more. But I just don't listen to it. I I feel like. The drums and the bass, which, I mean, I usually have a hard time hearing the bass in some music, but the fact that they put it so in the front, I love it. And I I can't, it's hard to distract myself away from it. So I don't even hear the guitar most of the time, unless it's like a specific thing like this, where it's spotlighting a guitar solo. And more on the bass, how it's so in the forefront, it's also not too loud. When I mix music, it is so hard to want to hear the bass, but it not just be the only thing you can hear. So, I don't know how much Rick Rubin is involved in mixing. I'm sure he's heavily involved. I mean, I don't know if you remember, like, 99 Problems. That was extremely bass-heavy and very in-your-face, but simple at the same time. But but it, but it wasn't the only thing you heard, right? Like, there's a fine line no. as you start to turn up the bass. It was bass and guitar You're like, you man, this is just all you can hear now. Bam, and if I bam. turn it down just a little bit, I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. So you have to know, like, what frequencies to bump up, what frequencies to cut. I love the cymbal use as well. Yeah, yeah. That hi-hat thing I was talking about But that's the traditional like Disco But it sounds good It sounds great With the groove I mean you still have to know What to choose To play Because there's so many Different styles to choose from So oh, just, yeah. I think he, he I think that they did A good job in this album But as far as it goes Front to back I'll go ahead and say This is the only Red Hot Chili Peppers album That I am front to back on This is For me too I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I've always lo- loved this album. I can't tell you like when I exactly first listened to it, which I know that that'll come later. But I know that it's just... The whole thing is groovy. I mean, there are five singles, but there are songs that I like a lot that seem like they would have been fine on the radio, but they weren't put on the radio. Because they all kind of follow a similar flow. These parts right here... I checked my phone like, is this a new song? And <laughs> it's not. And it sounds like remote control on MTV. <laughs> the bass. Oh yeah, he's killing it. Do you remember that s- s- two stories about Flea from the Behind the Music? One that he would slap so hard and Oh like, god gross. And then that he would uh fill the hole in his thumb with super glue so that he could keep playing. Or the other story where 
a group of girls barged into the dressing room, but they were all gone, and they're like, where are they? Where are they? And the guy was like, they've already left, but uh, there's Flea's underwear. Ew. And two girls ran over and wrestled over it, and then the one girl got it, and she twisted it so that sweat would drip out, and it went into her mouth. And she was like, there, now I have a piece of him inside of me. <laughs> Until you piss it out later. Oh, my God. That is disgusting. I guess. Oh, my. It's, it's People funny. are desperate. It, they are. And it's funny to me that men are usually seen as the creepy ones. But when a girl is obsessed with something, she is fucking crazy. I, <laughs> I saw a Michelle Wolf stand-up clip recently. And it was talking about how guy. Everyone says that guys are so gross, but uh, women are way fucking grosser. And you can, <laughs> if you go into a women's bathroom, go into a men's and a women's public bathroom, see which one has more toilet paper on the floor. I guarantee it is the women's bathroom. Just toilet paper on the floor in the women's bathroom? Always, everywhere, all the time. Huh? Yeah, that's not a guy thing. Uh huh. And they don't pick it up. Mostly because a guy's only using toilet paper if they're to pooping. get shit off. But the, if women drop toilet paper in a public bathroom, for some reason, they never pick it up. Huh. Because they're just like, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, you're the bitch who has to do it at home. Like, that it, that does not make sense. Like, yeah. people would do that to you at home, but you're suddenly doing that to someone else. I, it's insane. I have me. always heard that women's bathrooms are generally grosser. Yeah, they are. Because like women are nasty. custodians and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I know that when I have to use the women's bathroom at work, it's definitely got a stench in it that... The men's bathroom just does not have. Yeah, because we have different shit going on. Yeah. You poor women. <laughs> and if we're open, if we're just standing up, we're just open and hanging out <laughs> all day. So, like, things can come out if they want to. We're just an open fucking hole. It's weird. All right. On to the next song. <sighs> Suck my kiss. <laughs> It points to the, the story I told about the underwear. No man is going to dive for a woman's underwear and drip the sweat out into his Not mouth. Not true. This is actually uh, single number three. But uh, there are all kinds of men who will buy yeah. used women's underwear. Yeah, to smell it. But they're not s- stretching the sweat out to put it in their mouth. You don't think a man would do that? If it was a crazy woman who they loved? If Lita I, Ford? I, I, think, <laughs> I think they would. But this man is a creep who doesn't go out into public places. I think. <laughs> With because the he's flea too story. weird to go in public. Yeah, he's too weird to go out in public. Seems like women can be, if when they become fanatic about something, they are miles beyond what a man can be fanatic about. They can either mask it, or it's just most more like acceptable to be crazy as a woman and fanatical <laughs> about stuff like that. Because it's you think of like groupies, and it goes back to the Beatles time, like women losing their mind and throwing their bras up. Men aren't throwing their fucking boxers on stage. (laughs) So it's true. I'm going to do that as Ralph. I'm going to try and get men to throw their underwear up at me. (laughs) Come on, fellas. Wear wear your panties. Let me see those skid marks. (laughs) And that was something else Michelle talked about. She was like talking about like how we have stuff that come out of our vagina. And she was like, and guess what? I have an asshole too. So there are skid marks there as well. Like... (laughs) We are nastier. We don't have drippage that just comes out of our dick and lands there. If it is drippage, it's you got a problem, or you have a problem, yeah, yeah, (laughs) or you need to go to the doctor and get some penicillin. Vaginas are just self-cleaning systems. So I got it. Would four days of four days of no showering would a vagina smell worse than a man's penis? 
one hundred percent. Oh my god! Yeah, because balls and dicks they can get smelly quite easily. Yeah, but we have more crevices. Yeah, and we're open <laughs> holes. <laughs> Hit me! You can't hurt me. I like this song, but I hate the fucking lyrics. The lyric they don't, doesn't even make sense. No, they don't make sense. Because sucking cheap. a kiss is disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it, I think they just sound cheap. But I love the... Like this. Oh, yeah. I love this. And Flea's got like a distortion on his bass uh-huh. on this one. So when he's hitting those pops with his thumb, it's fucking extra like... And the drum sound it always just sounds like all of the drums are just right in front of you. Yeah, you hear his everything. Drums, his drums sound good. They always do. Yeah. And probably, got a, probably always had a really nice drum set. That's like a fraction of what it takes. But maybe it's also his ear and saying that this is also what I need it to yep. sound like because this oh, is yeah. my sound. Uh, you, I've played with so many bands and you'll be like, man, this dude's drum set sounds amazing. And then a guy that has a technically better drum set than him comes up, but he just doesn't have the ear for what sounds good. And you'll yeah. be like, oh my God, why does his snare sound like that? But he has like the top quality of everything. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That's happened to me. Per- I mean, I'm being egotistical here, but my shitty pulse percussion drum set, I've heard it sound better than the guy that's got like the Pearl or the Tama drum set that is a way better drum set technically, but you don't know what you're doing or what sounds good. Sounds like shit. I've never once on the road had somebody tell me my drums sound like shit. I'm always the guy. Do you that- think they would tell you that though? Yeah, because <laughs> I've heard them tell other people that. I've. It's, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's all about the ear. What sounds normal? What sounds acceptable? How hard are you hitting them? Are you being a fucking weak ass on it? Fucking beat the things. They're drums. Unless you're a jazz player uh-huh. or you're like, a, you know, like you're just a background guy. Fucking hit the things. Come on. Let's stop fucking. Around. You got into drumming because you get to hit things. Pretend Let's- it's a woman and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want my fist to bleed. <laughs> well, <clears throat> speaking about romance, what's interesting about this <laughs> next song is that I guess Anthony Kiedis briefly courted Sinead O'Connor. Really? Yeah, I did not know this. Strange. And uh, this next song, I could have lied, was about her because oh, really? she really she had walls and she. I guess they just like hung out and drove around a lot and they would like make out, but. Like she, she was really kind of like reserved about just giving it away now. And <laughs> sorry, that was really bad. I loved it. <laughs> you got on my level on that one. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it was. This is written about Sinead O'Connor. Interesting. I had no idea, but I read Fight it. Fight the real enemy. <laughs> She's not terrible. She's crazy though. Yeah, she rips up pictures of the Pope on the Saturday Night Live. He's the real evil. The real enemy. Fight the real enemy. This is one I don't enjoy. I agree. (laughs) And I think, I think if you're gonna slow it down, I think that your words are more important. Your lyrics. If you want people to not be as much about the groove and more focused on the singer, then you better have something worth hearing to say, is how I feel. And I don't feel that really happens in this song. And I think that, yeah, he does a lot of, I think that this is just a weak spot for him with a lot of him being himself. 
I like the music though. I like the acoustic guitar. Yeah, the I, drums I just, once again sound great. Yeah, I'm just saying, Anthony. Yeah, no, I'm, it, I'm it, expanding on your. Yeah, point. I feel like the responsibility is more on his shoulders in something like this, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't think he carries it correctly. Correctly. And the the Anthony Kiedis tone does not fit this song. He's like, I could never feel. I think that that fits more than the fact that it sounds like a child wrote the lyrics. <laughs> well, I mean, he does write childlike lyrics when he's like, me bop, squeed up. <laughs> my eyes will never, ever, ever keep their cool. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's it's so sticky and humid and gross. Shorts eventually. That's why I keep moving around trying to air my body out because I've got more crevices than you. And, uh... I can feel it. Sticky air. Sticky hot. It is sticky hot. So this is a one or second take. Correct. <laughs> I did my all of my um, preparation for this mm-hmm. within three minutes before sitting down at this seat. You're becoming more and more like me every day. <laughs> Well, because sometimes I don't want to know as much of the details. I just want to like go off of what I feel. Yeah. And I don't. I don't want to get so technical, especially when it's as long as it is. Like yeah, I. I don't necessarily want to have something like book smart to say on every song because that also gets kind of boring. Like it's nice to have facts here and there, yeah. but you can also just overload information. Or is one of your favorite quotes of mine on this podcast? Somebody read Wikipedia. <laughs> that was... I was not very... I didn't have a lot of patience with my sister. <laughs> I will admit. But that was more my mood. I wouldn't I would have said that to anybody. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was one of the... Uh, the patience moments. I thought that was genuinely funny. It's also just based on the type of things that she was saying. It was all just very like yeah, like Wikipedia information. I, I just don't like overloading it too much with that. Hey, I mean, but, not that we're great podcasters, but we do this a lot more than the guests that we have on. So you can't be surprised when they're just relying on. And they're just trying to be that. prepared. Yeah, they. Just, yeah. They, it's better to be more prepared than underprepared. We, we were way more prepared for stuff when we first started this, and then both of us went to the side of like, you know what? That's just. It's not how we feel. It's not in the moment. We it's, also just didn't have our groove down. Yeah. Like if you listen to the first handful of episodes, I feel like I sound, and I remember I used to be nervous and like, I would get so like <laughs> about stuff and like, <laughs> like I'd almost like feel like I'd lose my breath and my heart would be racing and I'd have to like come back and almost, but I'd almost have to like work harder to try and know what it's like to just have a conversation in front of a microphone. It takes a little bit of time to get used to if you're not used to it. The pants are coming off. You don't even have... There's a mailman who's going to come by at some time. He's already been around. He has? Saw him earlier. I have no pants on, and I don't wear underwear. You are screaming, and our windows are open. I don't have pants on! I'm totally naked from the bottom down, everybody. And it's all just soaking into that chair, everybody. Yeah, it is. It's definitely soaking in, and I'm sticking to the chair. <laughs> well, speaking about what's going on down there, let's uh, move on to the next track, which... Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers like oh, to call. Smell my balls. <laughs> what do they like to call it? 
Mellow Ship Slinky in B Major, which is what you have happening down there. That's what I like to call your swamp session and and your pants. That's your Mellow Ship Slinky. (laughs) I like this groove. But again, you get some rough Amphitheus coming up. It's just such a simple, I like the simple, raw, in your face, hard sound. And then you get fleet action. So funky. Very funky. And then. I got a mellowship. I got a fellowship. I got a nonstop. He's trying to be George Clinton right here. This, this reminds me of like Aqua Boogie stuff. He's, he's trying to. It's almost like he's trying to not take it so seriously. But he goes too far that way. Like, I get it, you're just trying to be Mr. Party Guy like. Isn't it fun that I'm writing these ridiculously fun in quotations lyrics? But it's like, no, it's not fun. It's actually very irritating. <laughs> For me. I think I would like to hear earlier than this Red Hot Chili Peppers. And actually listen to the album that George Clinton did, maybe? Yeah, and I want to hear the Halal guitar play. The kosher? It sounds like halal, so. <laughs> Which is Indian kosher. Dun, dun, dun. The, the groove rules. The groove is great. But he's cheesy. I mean, I'm not saying I hate Anthony Kiedis. But when I actually like <laughs> when I think about it and really analyze what it is I like about Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis falls at the bottom of the list. And I, I didn't even realize it so much until I had to like think about it. And I think that happens more as you get older too. Anthony Kiedis also might look back on these lyrics and be like, Jesus Christ. I don't think he's gotten much better though. I don't know anything about Red Hot Chili Artistically Peppers. I don't think he's grown a lot. Huh. I know he grew up killer mustache there for a while. I think he still has it. He's still rocking the mustache. I think looking like an adult rapist really is a great look for him. (laughs) He's definitely got a creep look going on. Because it doesn't look like he's like raping children or anything. He doesn't have like a weird pedophilia stash. It's all like I'm just going to hide in behind this corner in the shadows and wait for you to start walking home and I'm fucking stepped behind you lady. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he was a creep. Not like a rapist creep, but like... I don't like, know if he's ever had to be a creep, to be honest. He seems like the kind of girls that ladies just flock to. They probably do, but e- even if a lady's interested in you, you can still be a creep. Like, if you meet a girl within two minutes and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And then he just looks at you and goes, I got hey. a mellow ship. I got a mellow <laughs> ship. I was going to say, he's like, hey, I bet your pussy smells like gold. Like, that would still be creepy. Even though the girl's interested, it's still like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? But they're so interested, they're just going to be like, it does. But that's what I used on you when it worked, so. <laughs> but your pussy smells like gold, Sam. And then you pissed yourself, and you're like, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> this song also feels like filler to me. I think this is more of a filler as well. I've always felt like that. As if, if I'm... I would listen to this song in its entirety, but I would probably... Uh, this is a song that I'd probably like drum on the steering wheel, but I don't care about anything that he's saying. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be like, I got a mellow ship, I got a mellow ship. <laughs> like, I'm super excited about this song. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because you get this killer, this riff rules. Yeah, this is good. Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, the, they changed it on me because they wanted to end on a song. And and then the they got a fellowship. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and just play the next song, "The Righteous and the, the Wicked." I wanna play the next song. Gonna play the next song. The Righteous Gemstones and the Wicked. <laughs> you didn't even watch that show. I saw like two episodes, maybe. No, you couldn't get through the first episode. You hated it. Does it always just stop like that? Yeah. Huh. I was like, it's the fuck up. No. <laughs> I watched. I went back and watched the whole series, and I or the whole season. I liked it. It got better. I, it's probably a especially brother Billy or whatever. It's good. It's probably a bad quality I have. I just, just don't have interest in new stuff. <laughs> There's so much good stuff out there. I'm watching shit all the time. Then when are you going to be able to do things that, like work? I got to watch shit all the time. Well, and then I watch a lot of stuff when I'm working, so that's the difference yeah. between you and I. I'm able to do that. I'm at, yeah, I'm working all day. Listening to the same podcast over and over again. Just getting behind on everything because you just keep listening to the same shit over and over again. Yeah. But but that'll help me in the future because then I'll be re-obsessed with one of those podcasts and I'll have a long chunk to listen to. But yeah, I currently am just, I'm not listening to anything new unless I have to listen to an album for this podcast. It's true. Other than that, maybe, I'm not watching anything. I'm not listening to anything. Do you think that doing this podcast has maybe made that more difficult for you? Nope. My whole life, I've been obsessed with things, and I'll, I'll listen to it over and over and over and over. I do, over too, again. but I, I still get tired of stuff eventually, or, like, I need something else. It's just like me and eating food. I can eat spaghetti for lunch every day all week and be fine. You could not do that with a food, not even spaghetti, because you're not a huge spaghetti fan. No, no. But, like, imagine your favorite food. You're also not going to want to eat it for lunch every day. No, absolutely nothing. I can do that. I get tired of everything pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. I just don't have that brain. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember watching, like, cartoon specials 20 fucking times and being I, fine. I think that, I think you are pickier with the kinds of food that you'll put in you, but it seems like... I I get tired of foods much faster. Like my brain is yeah. pickier with what I will take. Yeah, you, you don't really even like leftovers are a problem for you. I'll eat leftovers maybe once, maybe twice. Twice is very rare, <laughs> and it usually has to be spread out. But then there's a fine line of like when I'll even want to have it after so many days. I'm just like it's too old when it's technically like good for a week, and I'm yeah. just like ugh. Yeah. Germs. It just doesn't, doesn't taste as good. I don't know. That's how I'm a picky eater, yeah. for sure. But I'm the same way with media. I can. I think people probably heard this on the last podcast we did. I'm still listening to In Voorhees We Trust and In Myers We Trust. Nothing else. I've been going to sleep it's to insane it. Insane to me. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. I, I like Paul Rust. I love Matt Gorley. But it's so weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 26 episodes over and, and over and really over they're really long. Again. Yeah, they're like three hours long at least. Talking about each movie. And yeah. then I feel bad if our movie review episodes <laughs> are two hours. They go on bigger tangents than we do by far. 
Which is why I think I'm just like, who cares? Let's go on a tangent. <laughs> I think you've used that in reference of it not mattering how long our podcasts are. Yeah. So what do you think of this song? It's high energy. Um, it's one of the better ones on the album for me. Yeah, I don't... I don't really have much negativity to say about it at all. And then it gets... Which I'm going to stop it before it happens. We are going to listen to one more song and then we're going to take a break. Wow, we're really that far, huh? Sweet. <laughs> we're going to take a break after this track. This was the first single... This is the one I think most people, well, yeah, I'd say this might be the most popular off of this, but there's one other song that I think it kind of battles with, but let's just, I gotta we'll, hear which we'll one give it away. About. Oh yeah, there is one song that battles this on it, mm-hmm. and so much that our favorite person on earth Has took both, both of them and <laughs> put it into one, because he understood that it was... <laughs> <laughs> Is that person Weird Al, Sam? It surely is. I remember. I got to get a Bonnie Rumble. I remember. Obviously, I had heard both these songs, the real, the Red Hot Chili Peppers one. But I heard the Weird Al version so much that it it made me think that that's how the song went and like I totally forgot that they were two separate songs mm-hmm. so then eventually when I heard Under the Bridge again I was like oh yeah it's its own song I forgot uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how he did put those together they fit very well together uh-huh. I'm sure the Red Hot Chili Peppers were like fuck we missed a shot <laughs> <laughs> love and is free love me say hell yeah besides uh, well it's not two artists in the medleys either the polkas the yeah. only artist I think that Weird Al has ever taken two of their songs and combined them into one. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. What's, the, what's this song even about? Part of, part of it seems like he's telling me, like, don't worry about your material possessions. I feel it just means, like, just give in is kind of how it feels like to me. Just, like, give away all of the bad stuff and just be open to the good that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. It's just like a whole like cleansing. Like this is a person with her hands up at a festival, just spinning in circles, giving it away. Yeah, doing those weird dances that they do in the video where they're like played backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am so interested in how this part went. If it's actually the guitar me- me- medley line or whatever you want to say, just melody like reversed. Line. Is it an effect that makes it sound reversed, or is it actually a guitar line that was reversed? And if so, did he have to figure it out what it would be backwards so that it ends on the right note? Like, it's interesting. It. I spent way too much time thinking about that guitar line. Like, how? Like, sure, I understand if it was just played backwards, just record it and then t- put it backwards. But like, the actual composition of it, or did he just fucking lay something down and they played it backwards? We're like, yeah, sounds good. Which that could be the case also. And they got really lucky. They put their thing down, they flipped it and reversed it. Yes, they did. Because there's a a movie called Guest House Paradiso starring Adrian Edmondson and Rick Mayle. The guys from Bottom, the young ones. Or as most people know, Rick Mayle. Drop Dead Fred. Oh yeah, classic. Uh, There's a scene where he comes up behind him, grabs his nose, and then pulls him back. And he says... He puts his fingers in his nostrils, and he goes, Excuse me one moment, and then Rick pulls him back into the thing. 
They filmed it backwards, and he had to learn how to say, excuse me one moment, backwards. That's so neat. So there's footage that I've seen of him going, Tim Dimnewinska. Oh, you've done that. Yeah. Me. I've heard you do <laughs> yeah. that. But when I do it, it doesn't sound anything like it. I can't go, Tim Dimnewinska. You're Maybe at I the do. end of the episode, I should just put myself saying, Tim Ninnowinski backwards. You uh, I really like his diction in this song, I will say. I think it, vocally, he's good on this song. I don't oh, understand yeah. the lyrics, but this is when Anthony Kiedis is the best. This is when, yeah, this is his prime, I think so. But just being, I think when he does take it over the top, it is ridiculous and hits the mark. It's in something like this where it's like give it away. Like I can't even do it as like thick give and it away like now. clear. That's a roll in the up. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Yeah, he has great vocal control when he does it. So kudos to him. I'm not saying he's untalented. I no, just, he's he's not untalented. It's just sometimes it's like. Yeesh. I agree, <laughs> and I think that he is lucky that he has a very very powerful good band behind him. Yes. If he didn't, he wouldn't be as popular. He'd probably just be an actor. That's what he wanted to do originally. There's footage of him as like a young boy acting on sitcoms. And he was also doing drugs as a young boy. But that's because his dad had a bunch of drugs sitting around. He said he'd walk in and see like a line of coke on the coffee table left over. And just do it. like 11 or 12 and just fucking go up. And in his exact words, go. He would just do it? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. fuck is this so this is a song called abracadabra california or abracadabra california i don't remember i can't oh my say god. it this is comedian john daly who did the oh, best yeah. the absolute best red hot chili peppers parody i've ever heard in my life or it's more like a p- pastiche i've heard this song and i didn't even realize it wasn't the red it, hot yeah. chili peppers Yeah, because what they call the, the, the piper or something. John Daly killing it. Abracad. I'm trying to. I'm gonna try to say this. Abracadalifornia. Abracadabralifornia. Oh, I said it. Shopping cart escalator. <laughs> he, he nails it because he knows it's just random fucking words. Just Ridiculous. put them together. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We'll be back. I'll have pants on. This episode of Couple of Critics Podcast is brought to you by... I'm a real woman, and I know what a real man wants. I know your innermost desires, fantasies, come true. Road rage, wine drunk storytelling, random emotional outbursts, chicks with sticks. You're looking for a special kind of woman with a little extra to give. Call me now and let me make you feel like a real man. Chicks with sticks. And now a very special message. Special. Special. special? That's the word? Yes, yeah, special. I'm sorry. Jesus. And now a very special message 
from Abraham Goddamn Lincoln. Yes, yes, it's me, Abraham Goddamn Lincoln, everyone's favorite crack-smoking dead ex-president. And I've barged in on this couple of critics podcast episode to tell all you motherfuckers to start listening to my show. Jesus Christ, I put out an episode every week for you people and you're not listening. You listen to these two jackasses talking about movies and music and TV and more, but you won't listen to me yell at a guy for 10 minutes. Come on, it'll be fun. Come along, come along. Anyway, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Probably the same places you're getting this piece of shit podcast here. Yeah, I'll see you out there. I don't think that ad is going to work, Abe. You don't think that's going to work? No. Why? Just because I'm yelling at him? Yes. I thought people like to be yelled at. I don't know. I'm, I'm dead. I don't understand. Sometimes I feel like I need a vacation. Sometimes I feel like... I wanna go to the city of cavemen, the city of bedrock. I'd be a Flintstone, now I'll tell you why. Oh yeah! (laughs) The preferred version. I mean, Weird Al's always the winner in my book. Absolutely. Oh yeah! Welcome back to the podcast. We would prefer it if Weird Al was our guest. <laughs> I kill myself right after well, I post the episode first, but then I would stab myself in the neck, skin a cat while I'm bleeding. Jesus God! I don't like this at all. <laughs> then my life is done. This went dark. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess that we went, came back around full circle, but we're not yeah. even done with the episode. <laughs> but we came back around to another beginning, so I guess it makes sense. Let's talk about death and then get back into this super positive. Uh, well, my, my dad died when I was little, and uh, I think it affected, affected my mindset. Infected your mindset? <laughs> you couldn't have been colder. <laughs> if anything, that desensitized you. It definitely did. <laughs> You poor thing. Uh, yep. But it, it's coming out a little more as an adult, as it, I think, naturally I does I with a lot of men. Definitely have way more empathy and uh, what connection feelings than I ever have in my entire life. Because you're maturing emotionally, Sam. Um, but at the, job. at the same time, I also get annoyed by things way fucking easier than I ever have. I understand that because you're you're an adult and you see the way that the world works and you see... You really understand what right and wrong is by the time you're halfway through your fucking 30s. Yeah. And uh, you're just like, you, you get irritated with people like, come on, get your fucking shit together. Like, what's wrong with you? It doesn't even have to be people anymore. I, You're right. And I also think it's partly uh, the age I'm at now. I'm starting to be like, no, I can set my life up to be how I want it. And all these extraneous things that shouldn't affect me. I don't want any fucking part of them. So when they're forced onto me, I'm like, get the fuck out of my world. Like, mm-hmm, I understand. Get out of here. You're not supposed to be here. So it's, it's almost like, you know, people say when they get older, they're like, I was, I'm way more willing, way more willing to say fuck you now that I ever have been mm-hmm. so, or say no or just leave the situation. But like it's, in your early twenties, you're like, I don't know. Will they think I'm, 
not cool if I speak up. And now I'm like, I don't give a fuck if I'm cool. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, the only problem <laughs> with that is if it continues and just gets worse and worse by the time you're a know-it-all old person who's like, leave me alone. I know what's fucking right. It was better when I was growing up. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, there needs to be a balance because I don't, I don't agree with that mindset. Like, yeah. You need to, like... You definitely need to like hold your ground and be more like confident in the choices you make and saying no. Yeah. Which gets easier the older you get, but don't, you know, take it too far. Yeah, and I'm not I don't want it that But we've talked about how we've done that in the past with like being like dicks about music, for example. Yeah. But I I'm coming at it with like give me facts. And show me the proof of things. And even if it was against my original opinion of the thing, if you show me the, the data and it goes against what I believed, I'm way more than willing to be like, okay, yeah, you were right. But if it's like the opposite, complete opposite of that, you're not looking at facts at all. I'm straight like, get the fuck out of my face. You're mm-hmm. just... You're just annoying because you're ignoring things. You're just a sensationalist. Yeah. And that's annoying because yep. it's not all, all about emotion, guys. Yeah. Because our emotions are sometimes wrong. You know, there's a study that says like from our young age, it's like 50 to 80% of the memories we have are completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our memories are incorrect. Yeah. It's crazy. So you oh. can't trust in your... That was a fun noise. That weird... I took a drink of water recently and... Uh, and you drink a little water. You know, how, you know how sometimes you take a drink and then weird sounds and air just like... You're not burping, but it just finds its way up through your throat. Yeah, yeah. That oh, happens yeah. to me a lot. Let's get back into this album. Let's do it. Let's uh, move on into the title track. Blood Sugar Sex Magic with a K. <laughs> You know how when you take a drink of Coca-Cola and <laughs> you do burp? You make a little skid in your pants. This is the song that I was trying to air drum to and figure out that hi-hat open. That. I fucking love this song. I like the attitude in this song. I like that it's kind of in your face, but it like it's like a slow groove. Love this song. He puts that hi-hat open on the and of four. Two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and one, two, three. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Good job, Chad Smith. I won't call you Will Ferrell because you'll throw equipment. <laughs> yeah. Not on board with Anthony Keyes on this song. In fact, not this part. You mean? I don't really like him the at chorus? all. So I don't really like this song too much. Besides the drums and the, I like the down, wham, wham, But other than that, for it being the title track, I was very underwhelmed. Like I like the guitars and stuff. I'm just not a, not a Keyes head on this one. No, I love. I just I think the song grooves. And, and I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand what blood sugar levels has to do with sex magic. <laughs> I don't get it. I like that guitar part right there. I love the song. I can't. I mean, I. I Talk shit I, about it with me. <laughs> I agree that I think Anthony Kiedis is a little ridiculous about it, but. For some reason, I give him a pass in this song because 
I just like the groove of it so much. And I like that it builds to something. I, I like the change in the mood of the song. This is a positive episode, Sam. This is a positive band. Working with a positive yeah, producer. But only I listen to negative stuff. bands that the negative producer produced. <laughs> like Slayer and Misfits. Danzig. Yeah, that's right. Not not Misfits, Danzig. Nope. Misfits were only around for like three or four years. I remember episode two. We reviewed Collection 2. Nice. Didn't even do that on purpose. I... I just don't I don't know why Anthony Keyes just annoys me on this song because he's not literally saying anything it's like don't I don't get it <laughs> it doesn't make sense but I mean Justin Timberlake had an album called Future Sex Love Sounds so I guess I'm more accepting of the ridiculousness in that sense making up words and things that don't saying things that don't make sense. Like I mean, <laughs> fuck you. Listen to <laughs> yeah, but if you read the lyrics, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> he said some, sometimes there are some people who do just make that sound. Oh, I said that I think they did. I don't have any facts on that. I swear there is one dying fetus song where he just did that, and then he wrote the lyrics afterwards. <laughs> surprised that this wasn't a single because this right here especially this sounds like so pop hook yeah but I, think, I think the verse is too not exciting to, to yeah I understand and it's just always been a high energy song for me I've always like it's a thing like even the chorus like I would turn up and be like not sugar baby like, I know it doesn't make sense <laughs> that it's ridiculous but yeah for some reason I'm on board for this song I have a feeling, Much too, more. it's also that they're just saying, I know that other songs, just because they have sex in the title, hasn't stopped them from being a hit, but this might have been an area where super conservative thought on the other side of things is stopping certain songs from coming out. I don't know if I have really any input on that, to be honest. Honesty's the biggest bitch move there is <laughs> I mean it's better than me pretending that I I have a side to take or that I know anything about that and I'm just like but I think blah 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 I have no fucking clue I just really wanted to pick this pen up and just start drawing on my face for some reason you weren't going to try and chuck it into my eye you no. weren't going to chuck D it into my eye no yes. <laughs> chuck D huh. <laughs> you loved that. <laughs> so uh, this was hinted at earlier regarding this song. I'm going to play the, this is the second and the final of the five singles. Uh, a song that they are equally maybe as popular for when it comes to this album is Give It Away. I'm not sure. I would almost say in some cases, maybe the song's bigger, but I really have no idea how to gauge that. Uh, I don't know. Let's listen to Under the, Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge. I could see people that don't like the other Red Hot Chili Peppers sound. Maybe enjoying this song more. And then the people that already like it, Red Hot Chili Peppers still enjoying it. So. Then you make a left over the bridge. Is this about doing heroin under a viaduct? I don't know. I don't remember. When he's like, under the bridge downtown, I 
gave my something away. I think that's what people say when they're heroin junkies. They were <laughs> shooting up under the bridge. City of Bedrock. City of Caveman. <laughs> Whenever this song comes on the radio at work, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm not surprised at all. You get the nice stick click action from Chad Smith. This is another one where Anthony Kiedis' singing voice doesn't annoy me. No, I agree. I think that this is a good... That this is a slow song done well by them. He just doesn't do the song as good live. Really? It's just that his his performance of like hitting notes like live, he's not as great of a performer as he is. How things... It seems like there's a lot of production work, at least as far as cleaning things up or multiple takes, I assume. Yeah. I could be wrong, but that's just my assumption. My assumption so, when it comes to Keith Kiedis. So when you saw them live, was it very... Were they very lively on stage, energetic? Yes. I don't remember much from it. It was like 2005. Yeah. 2006, maybe. It was in the within a year of seeing the Foo Fighters Weezer show that I saw. <laughs> and you probably liked them more than you liked Weezer? Because I think I remember you telling me Weezer were kind of... No, that's someone else who told me they were being dicks. Yeah, Bobby thought that. After the... He saw them after the second... Or like the, the second album tour. Yeah. When Rivers started like growing out his facial hair more yeah. and became a little more like depressed. Oh, Rivers. I don't remember. Green album's not second because there's Pinkerton, but so yeah, the Green album, which would have been like the third album. I like his choices. The drum choices? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I like his kick drum choice in this song. It's it's very that part. It's it impacts in the right place. It just seems it really benefits the song. And the stick clicks. I love the stick clicks the whole time. Yeah. And his oh his drums sound good. His cymbals sound good too. He's got all nice shit. He just sounds great. I think his tones always sound really good. I have a... I, I don't know much about his, like, actual skill. But, like, I think he's very creative and I like his style. I have a, I have a high appreciation for Chad Smith because I like the way his drumming sounds. I don't know anything technical about it. I don't know... Like I said, it sounds like he hits his drums hard. Yeah. But I, I can't really say much about how he writes it so it kind of it makes me feel good when you hear things as a drummer that you can appreciate in his style and like the choices that he chooses to make it's not just me being like i know nothing and it sounds good yeah i and the th- here's another thing on chat smith i don't think i've ever seen him like in drummers lists i never see him but no. usually nowadays the reason you see drummers in drummers lists is because they they can play fast I and mean, look how they played so many notes, and people are getting lost in, yeah, but can he lay down the, the groove in the pocket? Is he doing what's right for the song? Being a good drummer doesn't necessarily mean... Quantity. I can, I can play 16th notes on a kick drum at 220 beats per minute, while impressive, very impressive. D- d- it's just, not everything. If that's your only thing, then you're you're not really... You're good, but you're not like... 
exemplary. Whereas if Chad Smith could also, if you if <laughs> if he could play this and then look at me and play 220 beats per minute on a kick drum, 16th notes, then you would be like, Chad Smith is fucking amazing. Like I already think he's a really good drummer. Yeah. But I think he's a more well-rounded drummer than a lot of people are giving him credit for, at least in interviews and not interviews with him, but just drummer articles. It seems like the only people you're reading about anymore is like like Joey Jordison when he was in Slipknot. Oh, look how fast he can play. We're getting lost in a world of, of, yeah, technicality means good. While, yeah, good technicality is a part of good, but can you lay down the groove that's right for the song? That's a groove that can stick in almost anyone's head. Yeah, that's the Not real. That's where I took it. I took it to walk like a man. Blast That was just weird minds uh, exploding right there. Sorry, guys, for that. Let's uh, go on to the next song, Naked in the Rain. Yeah, I like that drum part, too. Mm-hmm. I think he God really damn it, stands Chad out. Smith. And, and then Flea comes in with his fucking bass. He has a really... He has, like, a slappy, hard bass play sound as well. Oh, yeah. It sounds like he's Beating whacking the it. shit out of mm-hmm. it. The reason he has to fill the hole in his thumb with Ugh, super glue. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and then it, there's a lot of... Ch- People give shit bass players that like slap a lot. They're like, "Oh, aren't you special?" Like, yeah, if they can make it sound good and not a like sounds like shit just because you're not slapping properly, or it's like it's all you do. Slapping's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a whole sect of guitar players and bass players like, "Oh, you're tapping? Aren't you cool?" Yeah, it is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is ah, with it's, that. It's the same thing I was talking about with skateboarding the other day. How some people are. Oh, you can do a trick from the 80s? Lame. Yeah, he can do a trick from the 80s. It's fucking awesome. And he can do the modern shit that yeah. you can do, too. Everything Asshole. is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's, people just want to gripe about something. And people or have that entitled personality. Like, I'm better. I know better things. My but stuff is you? cooler. <laughs> it's cooler because I'm into it. Fuck yeah. what you like. Fuck off. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I say if to you don't like me. what I like. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about myself. <laughs> but I know that it's annoying because that's the way I was and can be still sometimes to this day. And I'm trying to check myself on that. We notice it when we do it because we know it's wrong. Yeah. And you, you can literally feel it while mm-hmm. you're doing it. You're like, oh, I'm being an asshole. And I, yep. you know, I get when it. When you start recognizing that feeling, you can tweak that feeling. Hopefully. You gotta check yourself because you're before you wreck yourself you're going to wreck yourself <laughs> yeah i i'm a testament to that and really if you don't like something and the person's having fun shut the fuck up they're having a blast it's let funny. them do their thing let people have their thing man dr doolittle what's your secret you can think it in your head if all day okay if he's naked in the rain 
and then he's asking Dr. Doolittle what's his secret. So he's naked in the ring. He's like, I'm lubed up. Dr. Doolittle, how do I get these animals to fuck me? Well, first of all, you shouldn't want to fuck these animals. And second of all, animals don't like naked humans. Are we going, which Dr. Doolittle, let's say, are we going Jerry Lewis? Are we going Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle? Or are we doing the current? What? Robert Downey Jr., Dr. Doolittle. Oh, yeah. I'm Jerry Lewis, baby. <laughs> I'm Eddie Murphy. Because I don't give a shit about any of them. <laughs> I'm saying movie-wise. I've only seen the Eddie say, Murphy I one. I don't think I've even seen a Dr. Doolittle movie. I'm just going Jerry Lewis because you at least get a... <laughs> but Jerry Lewis was such a prick. He was ridiculous. <laughs> I've only seen one movie of his, and it was when I was a kid, and I did like it, but I was a kid, so maybe what that's movie? why I liked it. Cinderella. Really? I was going to think The Nutty Professor. Nope. Jesus, how many times is uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy going to chase after Jerry Lewis rolls? Christ. Yeah, but that, back then, they had Jerry Lewis was the nerd, and Dean Martin was the smooth one. Oh, so they were actual different people. Yes. They couldn't just try and spiff up. No. You can't spiff up Jerry Lewis back then. But they made him look extra dorky, didn't they? Didn't they give him, like, buck teeth and shit for that uh, role? Probably. And I think, like, uh, glasses with tape That's in the middle. That's how they did it in Hollywood. Right? When you give, uh, what's yeah. that guy's name? Buddy Holly. You never remember. Isn't that he no. mean? No, I was thinking of the... Horrible Asian stereotype putting huge buck teeth Mickey in. Mickey Rooney? Mickey Rooney. My goodness. <laughs> yes. Oh, da, 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 da. <laughs> I like ho- how you try and call me on racist shit. I mean, you do that. Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah, you should ignore my racism and only pay attention to your own is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, this is fun. My armpits smell. I needed to take a shower. It's humid. Like- it's hot. And it's a Saturday. Who who cares? Who gives a care? You know, you guys, <laughs> friends, pals out there. What do you guys think? I don't give a care. I don't. I don't give a care. I don't give a care. Not a care in the world. I don't give it. Well, that was racist against British people. <laughs> First of all, race-wise, we're the same. I am very True. Eastern European. <laughs> Look at me, and I've got. German in me. I have, German. I've got some Scottish. I'm a Gibson. I, I've got all those things too. You're Irish. Am I? I That's never, the thing that you I and I have remember. different. You have Irish in me. I have Scottish in me. Scottish in me. I supposedly have a lot of, or some Native American in there too. I supposedly have Cherokee, but a lot of people say that I don't want to. I don't want to fucking Elizabeth Warren everybody. And and make anyone be like, oh, she's claiming, oh, there's one of the, what what is Rachel Dolezal? No, no, no. (laughs) What does Trump call her? Pocahontas. That's what he calls calls her that? Yeah. What won't that fucking prick say? He can get away with anyone, with anything. And just saying anything to anyone. It's crazy. It's fun. It's absolutely crazy. 2020 in 2016, and you better believe he will be president again. All right, next song. 2029, he'll still be president. 2042, he'll still be president. He will not be alive. They're gonna, he's gonna pay for it to work out. Unless he's figured out a way to live on fast food. 
but just look horrible. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm on that train already. So, <laughs> what's your secret, Donald Trump? Tell me, Daddy. Okay. And I said, Daddy, not Donnie or whatever. Let's listen to the next song <laughs> Apache Rose. Ooh, Donnie. Peacock. <laughs> this song brings me back to high school. Specifically, or just. Yep, I think Mr. AC and Danny B. They would uh, cruise before school and get high. And uh, I think this is the album that... Uh, oh, what you saying? That's my, that's my favorite line in the whole song, sorry. Uh, they would cruise before school and get high, and Daniel introduced this album to Adam. Yeah. And I remember Adam Sam. Patch Rose Peacock. <laughs> so, not necessarily the song, just the phrase. Yeah. Makes me think of Adam coming to school all baked out of his mind. <laughs> oh, the good old days in high school. Oh, yeah. My senior, my senior year in high school was a... I was just blade the whole time. Drop my jaw. I saw bird walking down the block. I named my Patchy Rose a peacock. I guess this is my time to say I fucking hate Anthony Kiedis in this song. I fucking love this song. It's my favorite place to be. I've always loved this song. This song just hits all of the notes for me as far as... uh. You don't have as much as like the heaviness, but this song is super groovy. So it satisfies me in that department. I like this part. And I like the music. I think just by this point in this album, I'm so tired of Anthony Kiedis mumbo jumbo. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I mean, it's real mumbo jumbo in here. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, oh, you couldn't think of something to say, huh? So you just made noises. A name cool. Lewis. Oh, I'm strong. Said that girl who left me oh, silly. And she also, likes the looks of me and my willy. Yeah, dumb. It's so uh, bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. It's really bad there. Uh, it also confuses me. Does he love Los Angeles or does he love New Orleans? God damn it. I think he just a pretty, a, pr- a pretty. He appreciates the party places. Where he can just relax and jam out with ladies and get ladies to suck his dick. When I was in New Orleans, I came to the realization that since I'm not drinking, I do not give a fuck about New Orleans. I don't. If you like drinking, it's the fucking spot. I just don't care as much for. I don't like the idea of party places where if it encourages being drunk, then they're going to be drunk people around. Oh, and they were. And drunk people are annoying flat out. If you're not yes. drunk, even if you're drunk, drunk people are still annoying. I, some, I've gotten annoyed with myself being drunk. Yeah. Like, uh, uh. And if you're not drunk, you're extra annoyed by drunk people. But that, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, extra fucking annoyed. I have like no tolerance for drunkness now. I, it's not fair because I'm sure I was awful when I was drunk. I don't drink every day, necessarily, but I don't get drunk. And but I'm am a drinker technically, and I can't stand intoxicated people because there's a difference in being like I shouldn't say intoxicated, but there's different a difference in having a buzz and being like. Yeah, I'm not gonna say any names, but when you were watching that video last night, yeah, oh yeah, I had to leave the room or I was just gonna get so fucking mean. 
And I, I was so annoyed. I had to leave. I was, <laughs> I was gonna get mean. There was a second video, and apparently the cops were called based on things she was saying. And then today she's like, you're all a bunch of hypocrites. Jesus. <laughs> it was a rough mess. It was bad. My girl's insane, but it's alright. I'm gonna say this. Your, your boy Sam here is telling you if you got a drinking problem... Please stop. A lot of people don't know you when you went through that, though. No. Like, people like who Mel- listen to this, nobody, nope. anyone in Jello, like, you were done drinking <laughs> no. before and all yeah, of that. They don't know that, Sam. Mel at work is like, I can't, the stories you tell me are baffling to me. Well, and let me tell you, as someone who is your biggest fan, you were an enjoyable person to catch a buzz with. Oh, yeah. But it's, it hit a wall. <laughs> it's just that, like, there's, for me, there's a stopping point. There's always a stopping point. <laughs> what what that's like. <laughs> for you, it's just waking up and, like, I don't know how I got to bed. But here I am. <laughs> there's a glass of water. There's a trash can just in case. And Michelle's mad at me. <laughs> yep, I've got some stories. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. Like, I, I'm a fan of all of it. I miss, like, going on a weekend and like getting lunch and having like day beers and like having like afternoon delights and <laughs> taking naps and like just being like irresponsible kids having fun just appreciating each other and spending time with each other like those times were fun and yeah just hanging out and drinking and have a good time with friends and yep it's just it was just always so far and you and kent we would push each other until the limit you and kent both have this thing built in you that you have to be the last one up yep so you got and of course if you're staying up you're drinking yep it's just yeah and it'd It'd be be like what time did you go to bed what time did you go to bed uh 8 30 this morning oh my god when the bottle was gone oh my god yeah that's not me so it's stuff like that that some people are like that's not a big deal but when you do it like all the time it's not and the people that say it's not a big deal never saw me when i'm a blubbering mess talking about how you should just kill me they never saw that stuff they only saw the like no one saw that but me yeah so just kill me to this day when people are like i don't know i kind of miss the drunk sam it's like you miss what you saw what you saw (laughs) if you know what it got to and how bad it got by the end of it you don't miss that (laughs) that's that does make me feel kind of bad because people probably don't understand that it got as bad as it did because they never saw it yeah and then they're just like why does michelle not want you to drink but she drinks and it's like (laughs) you 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 don't get it you you weren't (laughs) there you don't get it because it would immediately make me stop like i would as soon as you got to a level i'd have to be like okay he's not like he's not there anymore <laughs> he's to the point where he he's probably gonna run into something and knock it over like yep. and stuff like that happened and i mean not i mean like, the end in the end you were getting mean but was i i don't even know i was so drunk all the time not like violent really or anything but you were getting mean by the end of it uh, but for the longest time like you wouldn't it was never that wasn't you at all like you were just most of the time you're just a fun person to to drink with Yep, had a little too much fun. And when it starts getting into that you're taking two to three shots of whiskey, I'm not even going to say shots of whiskey before you go to work at eight in the fucking morning. When you're picking up the bottle and you're just taking two big chugs real quick, you got to pull back. (laughs) And the only thing that made me pull back, I mean, two things, one, getting arrested, and then you fucking packing your car up to leave. Yeah. I was... 
I'm glad I'm not drinking though, because I still know that I don't have the control to stop myself. I would still be that guy. I would still be the. It's only four in the morning, and we still got this much left. Like, yeah, but you could stop three hours ago, and you have some more for tomorrow, buddy. Or coming home, like for example, we went to dinner last night, and they had uh, Long Island's on special. They were only four bucks each. I didn't realize that. Uh, I had three of them. Yeah, that's kind of a lot. But I came home and drank water for the rest of the yeah, night. Yeah, you were done. I would have not been done. No, you would have come, come home, home and, and grabbed the bottle, bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yep. And you would have just kept it until I was you passed out. Incapacitated. <laughs> so that's the difference. Like So Jello friends. Be glad you don't know that Sam. <laughs> Which again, you may have had fun with him because he wouldn't have been your responsibility. Yep. You were my responsibility. Yep, so yep, that's yep. why I was like, uh I didn't want it to wreck us. I just wanted you to get better. And I am. Yay, next. And I miss pot. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the next song, the greeting song. <laughs> I don't know where to... I have nothing that I can segue at all with. That was a rant. That went on for a while. Yeah. It's a serious subject. It was a big fucking deal. I'm back in on the Red Hot Chili Peppers for this song because the groove is so good. It's more angsty, it's, too. Yep. Yep. And I, I... Ketis doesn't annoy me on this one. It's a... Ketis is a big thing for me throughout this whole album. Yeah. He can ruin a song or he can make a song for me. But I like this part. Damn, 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 damn. Me, too. Yeah. I can say that I've heard this song for years and it wasn't until listening to it for this podcast that I noticed... That starting this chorus, you can really hear Anthony in the background that I never noticed. Who you talking to? Talking to? Oh, really? Like I never heard that so much, and I don't know if it's because of like what I was listening to in my car, like the tape adapter adapter, and it just wasn't picking it up that much, or like the or road noise. I have yeah, I don't know, but I never heard that part so much or so vividly or at all. You could even say it's got a lot of energy this. too when he's uh-huh. doing that. Even though it's low, it's still very energetic. It 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 adds a lot more of like pumping up to the song, which I think the song is again super high energy on its own now, without that. I know you don't really remember the show, but I think there's mosh pits at Red Hot Chili Peppers. There show? weren't no. Ah, another reason I can't go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Why is this guy shoving people? <laughs> Why aren't you shoving people? <laughs> God, I haven't moshed in too long. You would feel it. That's fine. I've always felt it. You remember I'd come back from guar shows and wake up the next morning and be like, oh, God. Uh, I know, but as every year goes on, yeah. you're going to feel it more. God damn it. I miss guar shows. They're not the same anymore. I still love guar. I love the singer. But you do just... love the new singer? Yeah, because he was the original bass player. So Mike Bishop, he's still a very important member of guar, but... I just, I used to treat it as like going to church. Like it was a reset of my life. Like I needed it and now I don't have it. It sucks. Actually, all the bands that made me feel that way are just stopping now. Slayer's done. At least you have a mom. (laughs) You technically have one. (laughs) I do. She's out there. Just kidding. Just trying to make a joke. Jeez, guys, calm down. It's going to be okay. Cheese, guys. Cheese, Wisconsin. 
got my headphone situation fixed. I know nobody knew about it, but it was driving me crazy. You're making me crazy. Jamaican me crazy. Jamaican me crazy. I can smell my armpits <laughs> when I dance and throw my hands up. So what was that song called? That was the greeting song. The greeting song? Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm on board, guys. All right. Hey, hey, Flea. Hey, Anthony. Hey, John. Hey, Tony Kiedis. Hey, Chad. Hey, Tony Kiedis. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's just go ahead into the next song. We have three more it. songs to All go. Right, this yeah. is my lovely man. And I would say, that love this riff. This song did not hasn't affected me or like I haven't heard it quite like I have until recently. Like this song has stood out to me more than it ever has. Which I think is interesting. Well, you know, like when you like refine something that you've always heard, but you just never heard it a certain way until all of a sudden it clicks in your head. Oh, yeah. This has been that song for me this last week. I love this part. And uh, Kiedis' voice is very... uh, Sometimes he puts these like twangs on words. He's like, well, no, wow. Pulling out the the true funk. And I even like this part. I do too. Yeah. This has such a red hot chili peppers feel that I I feel like this is a this is a style that they more stuck with. This sound right here is like a very classic red hot chili pepper sound that I think like could have started here and that they've just continued on with a similar groove. But I like it here more than it being essentially recycled throughout the years as I feel like they've done so you said earlier about this is like really the only full album you listen to back to back by them yeah yeah I mean I have listened to other albums but the only one that I've stuck with all the way through is is this one. one by far so I don't know if you've kept up with them but I mean, were there songs on, like, Californication that you still enjoyed? Were there songs on Stadium Arcadium that you still enjoyed? Yes. And have you... Has there been an album you, you haven't even listened to any of it? Correct. Like, I'd say the last two or three albums. Really? But I've heard, like, singles, and I didn't really think much of them either way. Like, it just felt like, yeah, they're just still... It's the same sound. Yeah. That would be weird if they completely changed their sound. Yeah, I agree. But then after a while, yeah, when it's kind of like the same, what I would consider recycled sound. It's just that's why the I, original. <laughs> that's how I feel. So that's why I'm I'm not a completist at all when it comes to Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's mostly just this album. Who are you a completist with? I got one one that I know. Fiona Apple. There aren't many. I mean, I own every Led Zeppelin album. Yeah. I don't obviously like them all equally, but I'm a completist with Zeppelin. Are you a completist with Fiona Apple? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the only one that I think that I'm that I'm like excited about every time a new album comes out. But it's also like every six to eight years that she releases yeah. an album, so she makes you fucking want it if you're a fan. I can't think of a band that I'm a completist with anymore. She recently put out an album. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. Did you listen to it? Oh, yeah. You like it? I've liked it very much. Good. I'm jealous. I'm so 
out of the loop with anything anymore. I'm just... It really just depends on what you're into because, like, metal just doesn't stay the same. Metal is, like, ever-changing and ever-trying to break off into new sounds and stuff. Yeah, and I, even the bands that I were great, I'm not... I don't listen to every because Metallica album. I don't listen to every Slayer album. But they kind of don't. I mean, they kind of do and they kind of don't. Slayer doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because people specifically dislike changes in Metallica that have happened over the years. Yeah. And that one's obvious. <laughs> Lars. Oh, I, I mean. I mean, he can't play drums like he used to be able to, right? Like, he's he's simplified everything when he plays it now, doesn't he? Not necessarily. I'm just not sure he's ever been the greatest drummer there was, period. I guess I just mean, like, first album. I feel, I feel like I've heard you or someone else talk about how he just got a lot lazier over the years or just lost his energy or what not really energy I, but you know what i think it is is i think that drum other metal drummers took it so far and you know lars could never get there it just like eclipsed him quickly yeah so he just it was just kind of it's almost unfair that we're like well is he's he not gonna be done like is this it just that he's not he's just not technically great. awesome He's I'm, just not. Are there like, are, are there uh, drum parts in Metallica songs that like it's you're like oh I gotta hear this like Lars. There are, part. but it's not because it's technically great. It's just you just like that part a lot. It, like there's a part in a song called "For Whom the Bell Tolls" that it's like it's the last time you will, and then the drums go do 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 do, and that's like everyone shuts the fuck up for that part. Yeah. Well, I'm not even saying it has to be technically good, but like, is there a, like, are there drum solos that you get no. excited to hear of his? <laughs> no. Okay. That's what I meant. <laughs> you just want to hear that one fill in For Whom the Belt Tolls. <laughs> just like in the air tonight. Yeah. It, it is. It's the metal in the air tonight. Because the people definitely want to hear that oh, yeah. drum people part. People shut the fuck up for that part. Have too. you seen that uh, GIF or that little video or whatever that went around of the guy? I think it was a video who he had it timed up and when that part happened he closed he had like a bunch of cabinets and drawers open and he like had it lined up perfectly that he was able to go dun 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 and it was great it sounds funny that's what the internet is good for stupid fun all right we have uh two more songs sir psycho sexy this song specifically as i've told you makes me think of someone whom i've worked with in the past named candace and uh, I was listening to this because I was a cook and she was a waitress, bartender. And all of a sudden she just walked in out of nowhere and was singing every word and just had <laughs> the whole Anthony Kiedis attitude and just like performed for me for this first verse. And I was just like, this is burned into my brain forever. So every time I hear this song, it's back in that kitchen and she's like, like mouthing everything. And yeah, I just... It was great. I'm sure she's the age that it was. Mm-hmm. She was probably like a late teen, right when this came out. Or maybe 91, like, so she would have been. Like 15, 14? I don't know. Even if she's only like five years older than us, I mean, we would have been fucking. I would have been five when this came yeah, out. Yeah. So, so she's probably like 11. But still, yeah. Right, 11's older a perfect age. age group for it. And. You know, you're probably listening to it for five years. And maybe older siblings. And yeah. I think oh, yeah. this song, this album was big. Chili Peppers were big in the 90s. They still are big. 
I mean, they're not forefront of the no. music world, but they're still playing huge shows. People still support them and go yeah. see them. I think they're also one of those kinds of bands that if you're a fan, not not all fans, George obviously. Clinton sound. Yeah, it sounds I like thought it was George I Clinton. I always thought that too. I mean, that sound that does not sound like <laughs> I have got to figure out what the hell's happening there. <laughs> I'm sorry, were you saying something? You I was going to say that it seems like a vast majority of Red Hot Chili Peppers fans are lifers. Like it's almost a lifestyle, not as big as like somebody like Fish or the Grateful Dead, but if you're in your late 30s, early 40s, you're probably like, yeah, fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, they were a huge thing in my life, and they still are. I hate this fucking verse. I hate every word in this fucking song. <laughs> this is the biggest example of the Anthony Getting Kiedis. ready to happen right here. Yeah. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> he thought so. Yeah, I cannot find anything that says anything about... I think he's just doing the George as big he as he can. must just be able to do a an accurate-sounding George Clinton I impression, because it sounds just like him. George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do not like this song. <laughs> What's it even called? I never even got it correct, what the title is. Uh, this song? Yeah. Sir Psycho Sexy. Sir Psycho Sexy. Sir Psycho Sexy is his name. Huh? <laughs> Sir Psycho Sexy is... Yeah, it's his name. What do you mean that's his name? That's what he says in the song. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, he would go to interviews and be like, Hi, I'm Anthony Kiedis, also known as Sir Psycho Sexy. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Just on the download, just so you By know. By the way, I bet your pussy smells like gold. <laughs> All right, Will, once I'm done with it, Ugh. hey, yeah! Now, excuse me while I clear a place for you to sit down. Wipes his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, but I got it just enough that it mattered. <laughs> no, I hate it too. I do not like this song at all. <laughs> And I'm also, it's been going on for so long by the time you get to this song. I'm like, man, you guys could have cut three songs off this thing. 17 tracks. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a long album. It's not like a punk album where the songs are a minute and 42 seconds long. They're full-length songs. Well, we've had some technical difficulties, and we both took shits during the break. Yep. But we have been working on this episode, recording it now for over three hours. And we found out some horrible news while we're on the break. Oh my god, I forgot about it until you just reminded me! Sorry, which timestamps <laughs> when we recorded this, but I don't care, because it's... Fred Willard died. Yeah, Fred... Freddie Willard's that dead. One, that one hurts. Sucks. That one that I thought one he was hurts. an old man, though. It's not like he didn't live a full I life. I agree, he was 86, but he, he had the same fucking energy through till the end. He never stopped working. Yeah, he was awesome. He was... He's a fucking comedy legend. He was always my favorite parts in Christopher Guest movies. Anytime he popped up at anything, I was always like, oh, Fred, Fred Willard! Willard. Like, <laughs> it, was, it just, he brought me so much joy, and 
if there's if there's something that I can personally, I mean, out of all of his body of work, I've shared it on Facebook. I'm sure no one will see it. There's an episode of the review that he was on where he went to space, and Lance Bass is there. It's a Comedy Central show. You can find the clip on YouTube. With but comedian Gold Andy Daly. Yeah, it's it's very good. Uh, which, he, he, which he dies he in. He dies in it. <laughs> He's not in it very long as a living man, but it's worth a two and a half minute clip. You should definitely check it out. Uh, he was Fred always Bullitt was great. He was always uh, he's in Spinal Tap. He's fucking hilarious. In Best in Show, he's fucking hilarious. I in, I enjoyed him in Best in Show. I don't. I'm not. Oh, I never liked Christopher Guest. I should watch Christopher Guest movies now as I'm more mature in my comedy. Yeah, you might enjoy them more, but, especially knowing that they're mostly improv. <laughs> but I also didn't ever have an appreciation for Eugene Levy or Catherine O'Hara, really, which I completely have changed my mind on them now. And I Christopher so, Guest movies are not traditional comedy either, so if no. you're not. It's very dry it's humor. It's very dry. It's very strange. Which I might appreciate much more now. Yeah, you might. Since things have changed. So maybe that's what I need to do with my time. Instead of watching episode after episode of my 600-pound life. <laughs> so much so that my phone is giving me notifications about new that's episodes. That's not what it is. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> You're like, welcome. Hey, I hear your wife loves this show, so new episode tonight. I, I hear your wife has a weird attraction to Dr. Nazardarian. <laughs> Dr. Nazardin, that's what it is. What does he say about mashed potatoes? Uh, mashed, mashed potato is not a protein. <laughs> uh, or there's no protein, mashed potato. Oh, yeah, mashed potato is not a protein. Uh, I need you to lose 30 pounds in month. It's <laughs> great. The scale. Obviously, the eating scale, chocolate is more important than living. <laughs> the scale does not lie. People do. I saw him. I follow him on Instagram, and he he does some interesting artwork. Really? Doctors, doctor now can do everything. Like sit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> doctor now, you can fuck my wife. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, you imagine that. Old creepy man breathing heavily be, on top of it. It would be over. So he wouldn't fuck me. I'm fat. <laughs> He'd be like, I've spent my life trying to make people like you exist less. Have you seen his wife? She doesn't exist anymore. They got a divorce. Oh, no. Doctor, now. Yeah, he's lived ever since I think he's had his show. He's been living free and getting on contract. Oh, man. He goes to bars and people are like, excuse me, are you, are you doctor now? And he's like. Yes, I need salad. <laughs> yes, I'm going to fuck you in the bathroom. <laughs> First of all, he does not sound like that. He Hello, is, I'm going to fuck you in the bathroom. <laughs> he, he doesn't sound like he's Iranian. <laughs> he all right, so he sounds like this. Hey, I'm going to fuck you in the bathroom. <laughs> That's closer. You're definitely getting closer. All right, we have one more track. It's not very long. It is actually a cover. Uh, oh, it is uh, the oh, Robert oh, Johnson okay. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're red hot, which is interesting because I remember listening to Robert Johnson as we were with Adam, and I was like, "Wait a second, I know this song." <laughs> and I was like, "Red Hot Chili Peppers did a version of the song, and it was, it blew my mind." The Robert Johnson version is so slow. And they all are. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so. This is the whole song in a minute. This is one of my favorite songs of the whole album. I agree. It's so goofy and childish. Especially the next 
little weird breakdown. It has it has like a South Park feel to me. When he's like, <laughs> it has like a. It's, maybe it wasn't that one. It's the last one, but he sounds more ridiculous. Here you get some. Uh, there it is. There it is. We done with it. Blood sugar sex magic is over. So you know what that Blood means. Blood sugar sex magic. It's over. Do you know what that means, Sam? That means it's... we are now to the part of the podcast where it's time to go over some. I've got some Oh, I'm gonna you with my shoe. <laughs> oh no, she's dying. She's dead on the floor. Call the police. Oh wait, she's alive. Why did I choose this? This is an album I've always enjoyed. Period. Good answer. All right. <laughs> what do I think you thought when I gave it to you? I think you were not looking forward to it because it's not like you've never heard Red and Hot Chili Peppers. You didn't know the songs that were on it, but I think you have your mind made up about them at this point in your life. So I think you're probably just like, meh. Okay. Like, it's not going to, like, kill me, but I'm not really looking forward to it. Sam, what was your judgment prior to listening to it? My judgment was that I was, I don't want to say excited, but I was eager to listen to it because I feel this would have been one of the albums that I'd be more into. I think I'd be way more into the early stuff when there's more aggression. They're not, like, trying to be, like, we're songwriters now. Mm -hmm. Like, actual, let's fucking jam. California, rest yeah, no. in peace. He does not sing like that on the sound. I'm not into that at all. So, all right. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't like miserable yeah. thinking about it. But Do you know how many times you listen to this album? Four and a half. Okay. I honestly don't have a number. My guess would be somewhere around like eight. You were jamming. Yeah, I got into it, but it's been a little more than a week. It's been a weird week for me, so it's been a little more than a week, but who cares? Um, <clears throat> least and most favorite songs. I definitely, I haven't written this down, but I want to guess of what I think. Oh, I that forgot. We guess each other's. I'm going to go first. I think that your least favorite song on the album is Sir Psycho Sexy. Sam, what is your least favorite song? Well, I hate to break it to you, Michelle, but you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I fucking despise that song. I hate it. That's funny. You you just took... <laughs> did you know it before the podcast? No. Oh, you figured it out during uh -huh. the podcast? Probably because I talked the most about how I hated during uh -huh. the podcast. And you said that you... It's the only song that when we were listening to it, you straight up said, I do not like this song. <laughs> Gave myself away. All right. So what do you think Miley's favorite song this is? This is hard for me, but I'm going to say... Mellow ship, slinky, and B major. Nope, but you're close. I'll okay. give you. I'll give you a hint. Okay. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. How the fuck is that a clue? <laughs> Nothing compares. Oh well, I don't remember what song that was. Uh, oh wait, I could have lied. Yeah, you got it. I could have lied. It's the most boring song on this album to me. Good lie, 
Makes sense. It's boring. There's no funk in this song at all. Not at all. And I think that is a dumb line. Oh, fucked yeah. Fucked up now. Like, you took this nice, serene sound, uh-huh. and you got to say fucked up now. I'm fucked up now. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah I'm not a fan. <coughs> oh, God. I did not prepare myself with water. Hey, what's up with that water that you're not drinking? It. I told you I wasn't going to drink it. <laughs> no, I asked you, and you said that you're just going to sit there, and I made it sound like you'd get to it eventually. Thank you. Um, uh, Sam, what do I think your most favorite song is? What do you think it is? I'd like to see what you think <clears throat> I'm jamming on the most. Oh, my God. This is rough, because I know that you weren't a big fan of this album. Um... Well, I remember you saying that you really liked a song and that you were back in. And I don't know. I don't know. You, It may not be your favorite song, but I'm just going to go with Naked in the Rain. Nope. Okay. I have no idea. Correct. I think you're going to be quite surprised at this one. They're red hot? No. <laughs> I thought about that being my favorite, but I thought that was a little... It's almost like a interlude kind of deal where I don't think it's fair to choose that one. You're going to be really fucking shocked, I think. Okay. Breaking the Girl. Oh, that's right. That's what, That was the one that you said that you really liked. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, yeah, I was like, you said that, but then you also said I'm back in. Okay. But this was the one that you did say that you enjoyed. I love the drums on this. He's doing those. I think the songwriting is perfect on this song. Mm-hmm. It, this song made me feel more emotions than any song on this album. I was that makes like, sense. Oh, this is actually like, this is hitting me and not just a ooh. This is this is funky and fun. This uh-huh. is hit me in like a hey. This is actually like interesting. Uh-huh. So breaking the girl. The song uh, I would find that this song got in my head a lot. I don't have anything against it. I'm not like saying anything negative, but I am definitely surprised that you chose it as your favorite song. What do you think my favorite song is? I think you might be able to figure it out. Really? Huh. We'll see. Apache Rose Peacock. You got it, butthole. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah, that was not what I meant to come in on. But here we are. Oh, yeah, here we go. Name Lewis. I'm strong. I'm also a part that I don't enjoy. She liked the looks of me and my willy. So stupid. She likes the look of my willy. Yeah, that's so stupid. Because penises, come on. I mean, I enjoy them as much as the next heterosexual woman, but at the same time, they're not beautiful. Okay, so um, how old was I when I first started listening to this? I mean, really, when I actually started getting into this album and listening to this album, I would have been in high school. And like a little after high school, probably. I yeah, I'd say on the tail end of high school, really. Late teens. Yeah, maybe four or five, just out of high school. (sighs) How did I originally feel about it? I've always liked it. Different songs have grown on me in different ways over time, as that happens with all of us. But uh, I've always enjoyed it. Um, Would I recommend it today? I would. I, I think when it comes to Red Hot Chili Peppers, there aren't. I, a lot of albums that I would recommend. This is the one if you're like, I need a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, or I want something that's like funky and like radio friendly enough, but you know, like groovy and still has a little bit of rock elements. 
this. I actually put it on once at uh, Ison's when I was working because I never controlled the music because I I just I'm afraid that it's going to be stuff that people don't like. And I was a driver, so I was out of there all the time. So I didn't think that was fair to bogart yeah. it like another driver would do all of the time. Is his name Brandon? <laughs> or he didn't work there when you worked there? No, no, no. Is his name a girl's name? Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, he would come in and he would just like immediately hook up his iPad or iPod or whatever. And he would be gone most of the time, but he would put on music that no one wanted to listen to. But the one time it was like a Saturday afternoon, I was working with Stacy and Kate and I put it on and then she was like, "Uh, this reminds me of like an ex or whatever. So then I changed it. (laughs) So another reason why I don't, I feel insecure about sharing music sometimes with people because stuff like that happens and people are just like, "Uh." so I'm just like, okay, sorry. I'll just pull out. I'll stop. (laughs) Someone else just take over. Whatever. Um, Would you ever listen to this again, Sam? Nope. (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. Um, What's next? Oh, we're there already. Yeah. What's next is a band we mentioned recently on this podcast. Okay. It made me think of it. The Sword. The album is Age of Winters. And that's what we're doing next. Age of Winters. Johnny Winters. <laughs> the Sword. I want to look at this. Okay. Really? This is modern. I'm surprised. I didn't expect this. Interesting names. Uh, song titles. All right. That's all we get. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everybody. My nose itches. I need to make sure I get to the right spot. Um, I want to go out here on a song from the album that George Clinton did produce. This is called Hollywood. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Check out our episodes. Let people know. Let us know. Rate us. Berate us. Whatever. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.